So what are important things to look for in a cyber liability insurance policy? At the time of this recording, 2022, cyber insurance is a relatively small portion of the insurance market. If you're a commercial insurance policyholder, you may not even have cyber liability insurance, or you may have it as an endorsement to an existing policy. In the coming years, you're gonna find that cyber liability insurance is probably gonna be the most important type of risk coverage to have for your business. And even personalized coverage may extend to high net worth, private client group type coverage. So what's important to look at? You know what to look for in a regular insurance policy, but for cyber liability, it's key to make sure you're selecting the right kind of policy. One important feature is that the policy can be rapidly changed with new risks. If you have, for example, a fire insurance policy on your business, you're not going to need to change what kind of fire is covered halfway through your policy because the types of fires that happen to buildings have stayed the same for 30 or 40 years. And if there are small changes in coverage placement or policy language or endorsements or exclusions, those can happen at renewal date. Cyber liability covers risks that sometimes change month to month. So having a policy that can change additional coverages on the fly in the middle of the policy period is extremely important. There are some insurers that are introducing modular type of policies where you can add and replace coverage modules to your policy based on the new type of risks that appear throughout the year, or maybe the new type of risk that you see in your business. Introducing new insurance complete contracts every time that happens would be difficult. So having a modular assembly of that policy contract would be a way to do it. And having these changes be in line to amendments of the policy so that the underwriter at your insurance company who's creating these coverages can select, like pick and choose, like almost like from a menu at a restaurant, two from column A, two from column B, right? Without having to redo the whole policy. And those check off the box coverages can be changed very easily within the contract. Also, having language that's not boilerplate. Most policies are printed on paper where you can't change the language. Having open text field that can be amended as different risk coverages or very specific, unique cyber liability hazards affect your business is valuable. So look for policies that have that ability and look for companies that understand that change in in, uh, cyber risk. If you have a company that doesn't understand that, they're not going to be able to offer you various changes to your policy in real time. And a traditional insurance policy doesn't need that. But if you take that traditional model of an insurance policy and map it into cyber insurance, it's not going to work because it's going to be very difficult to change or amend. And it's going to be impossible to customize for your particular business, which is different from the the guy next door. It's also different from what risk your company might have six months from now. And your policy is going to be very likely a one-year term. So if risks change, 
four months into your term, what do you do? Are you not covered for the next seven months? Do you get a whole new policy? Do you have to go through underwriting? That customizing replaces and disrupts that traditional boilerplate, etched in stone policy type model that's worked for other coverages. Things like premises liability, general liability, E&O insurance, those types of risks, those can be written one year at a time. Cyber policy insurance can change over time and rather than redrafting the whole policy, it's, it's good to have that ability. The other thing to look at for cyber insurance policy is how is the company structured to handle risks and claims? Do they do this internally or are they a reseller? If they are a company that has internal risk management, underwriting, and claims management, well, now they understand the cyber liability risk profile. If they are a front end for a reinsurance or a reseller, and they have to pass their claims along to their their underwriter, well, what happens is, you know, your claims will probably still get paid, and your coverages will probably still be valid, The problem is you won't have the direct connection with a partner that can help you not only place the right coverage for your business, but also help prevent claims and losses in the first place. If the company you're dealing with is underwriting new policies and more important, processing claims on existing policies on a day-by-day basis, as they process a week or two worth of claims, for newly emerging cyber liability risks, they can communicate that to you in real time. Your underwriter or your client representative or your insure tech can send you an email or send you a a weekly newsletter and say, look, here's all the risks we're seeing. Here's the losses we're seeing. You might want to update the patches on on your modem. You might want to change the way that your Wi-Fi is set up. We see this risk with a, a fake login. They'll know the risk and you'll get the benefit of the loss experience, sadly, of other insured companies without you having to take a loss. You'll be able to change and modify your business practices in real time because of losses that other businesses sadly have taken. And you can learn from somebody else's mistakes. If your insurance provider isn't directly involved with that underwriting and claims processing, you may not have the benefit of as much robust information from those other cyber liability losses. And you know, having the claims processing that close at hand makes that you will have faster claims resolution and faster uh, claims payout. So you don't have that business interruption extending as long as it could otherwise. The more important thing is, oh, you're going to get alerted to threats that emerge throughout the year because cyber liability, the threat actors, the hackers, the ransomware writers, they're changing their techniques on a week-by-week basis to adjust to the defenses that people put up. And the proper cyber insurance market is recreating itself to be preventative and protective of a fast-changing risk environment rather than a static risk environment. All other types of commercial lines insurance are based on a static risk environment. Fire is fire. Flood is flood. 
Lawsuit is lawsuit, right? Workers' comp is workers' comp. The types of losses and risk haven't changed much in decades. And when they do, it's a very small percentage of the risk. Maybe there's a newly found risk for customer injury because of you know slip and fall on a floor of a supermarket. Well, they put in a policy, make sure you mop the floor, whatever it is. But those risks, those new risks are few and far between, and they're very small in terms of the overall loss profile. Cyber liability risks, cyber damage, those are new every week. And you can just read the news to see what's happening, especially when there's big geopolitical events like, you know, wars in Russia or inflation or different types of crime happening in the U.S. Each one of those is a fast evolving damage potential to your business, especially when it comes to technology. You know, five years ago, there was no TikTok. Four years ago, there were platforms that didn't exist that exist today in web browsers, servers, connective technology, and the actors are knowing how to manipulate those to take your money, to damage your business, to extract data from your company, whether it's customer data, accounts payable data, shut down your servers, and having those types of losses dangling over the head of your business that you don't know about is scary. But a good cyber insurance partner can help identify those. How big are the risks? Well, just last year, 2021, the losses to business from different cyber damage events was $6 trillion. That's $6,000 billion were lost. It's 100 plus percent increase in the prior year. In fact, for some businesses, it's hundreds of percent increase. Industrial businesses especially were two or 300% increase in losses. So if you're a manufacturer or you have an assembly line or robotics or CNC machines, shut one of those down for a week and see how much that costs you. And the hackers know how to infiltrate those technologies because in the past, They weren't considered to be high-risk devices. They're all connected now to the grid, to the web, to the internet. Now, there may be firewalls, there may be protocols, but they have to have holes in those firewalls so that your CRM can access it. Maybe your clients can monitor the production so they know what their supply chain is going to be like. Maybe your providers of materials monitor those so to know how much raw materials to send you. Having that access is valuable to your business, but it also creates wormholes for a bad actor to get in, and all they have to do is make one small change. They don't have to get full control of the software. They only have to shut it down, lock it up, damage it, and in some ways, you want to have potential no-fault shutdowns available for safety reasons. You want to have employees be able to just hit the stop button to shut it down if there's a danger to somebody's well-being or safety. You may want to have a management override remotely available. Well, if your manager can override it, then somebody else can too if they get access to that same channel, that same pathway. And sometimes it's it's done by infiltrating the manager's override. Look, if you have an operations manager that can shut down the assembly line from his home office, then if somebody gets access to that manager's computer at their home office 
they can remotely do the same thing. And that's what hackers will do. They will do a phishing expedition to get into your LinkedIn or get into your email or get into your home Wi-Fi. They'll pretend to be somebody else or they'll do a hack. They'll install a code of software, a piece of code on your home device. Now they can remotely control your home device. And once they do that, if that manager has control over the manufacturing, they can control her computer and shut it down just like she could directly. The key to it is understanding those different threats. You want to write a policy that's big enough to protect those, but not too big that it is not affordable. If you just say, I want to cover every possible cyber event, well, you could be paying $10 million a year for insurance because there's an unlimited possible risk. So you want to have it written to be big enough to control the reasonable risk, but not too big where the cost is too much. And that's where a good partner with cyber insurance will help you. And one of the challenges is having the coverage be standardized. It's probably never going to be 100% standardized. There'll probably be a core portion of a cyber policy that is standardized with modules of customization built onto it for a particular business based on what industry they're in and what type of equipment and electronic devices they have hooked up to the to the net. Or it could be standardized based on level of coverage with certain breakpoints you know, up to a million or 5 million or 10 million or who knows. There's also a difference, is, does it cover third parties? Meaning that if your cyber event and loss also damages third parties like clients, customers, vendors, providers, does it cover their losses too? Because they could have claims against you if you had a cyber event that maybe released their information or cost them business. Does your policy cover cyber events that happen to somebody else? What if one of your material suppliers is hacked and their assembly line is shut down, their production facility is shut down, and because you can't get raw materials from them or parts or whatever you get from them, now you have to shut down for a week and you have losses. Does your cyber policy cover events that happen to a third party? Those are all important conversations to have with your provider to make sure that the risks that you're willing to take are known and the risks that you're not willing to take and the losses that you can't afford are included in your policy. So make sure you understand that very carefully and you discuss that and have it be documented with your provider. The cyber liability insurance industry is booming. It's the fastest growing area of insurance. That's good because it's getting good coverage for people who have risk and potential losses. The problem is because it's booming and because it's changing, there's no one set standard type of policy. You know, if you looked at your auto insurance policy and you watched TV and watched all the the emus, the lizards, the, you know, flow, everybody else that sells car insurance and you bought a policy from all those companies and you looked at them side by side, the coverage language and wording is almost exactly the same from one to another. There would be slight differences. With cyber insurance, there is no one standardized policy. So you want to make sure that you read what you do have or get, and you discuss with the provider, the agent, the broker, the insurer, what you are looking to get. Look, no matter what you do, it's important to get something at least in place. Be in the market so that way you can start developing a relationship with that market. 
but in the long run you want to custom tailor it to losses that you're aware of and you might know about and you know look at the likelihood of it happening to your business and the potential damage that would occur if that did happen at some point in the future 